I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens. Oh, where are my lenses? Through the lens <laughs> of human <laughs> behavior. Just big old sunglasses. Big Just for you, glasses. YouTubers. Big old glasses. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Beep, 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 beep. Welcome. I love that. Let's yeah, keep that welcome. one. I'm doing octave lower though. Because it's the day off. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. So uh, super excited to chat with you guys. Also catch up because we haven't caught up with each other in a minute uh, in in recording. So excited to hear things about y'all, how everything's going. Uh, But today, what's on the menu is the... 2001 supernatural horror film 13 Ghosts. My name is Dennis Rafkin. You're Dennis Rafkin? Who's Dennis Rafkin? My office warned me about this guy. No, that's good. So I'm completely whacked, all right? But just, just stay with me. I used to hunt displaced spiritual energies with your uncle. I'm sorry? Uh, uh, PK agents, revenants, uh, 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 like wraiths. Wraiths, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll do this the easy way. Ghosts. Arthur, I used to, I used to hunt ghosts with your uncle Cyrus. Goats? Ghosts! Ghosts! God damn it! Listen to me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine, 11, ten. twelve, thirteen. Thirteen. I mean. Thirteen. Thirteen. That was my thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I can't fit them all on on two hands. Thirteen. Yes. Also, this is such a random side note, but because everyone is in the singing mood, did anyone ever comment on the song that we think Brian made up about Dim Bones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it is a song. It's it, I, don't, I, I don't remember what they said, but it is a song that like is an older song that was redone as a kid's song. And then like, mm. I don't know where I heard it, but like that it is something. OK, well, beautiful. At least we know yeah. that it wasn't just... A Brian original, which also would have been fine, but <laughs> it's an actual, it's an actual song. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, right. Wipe the brow. So, 13 Ghosts. This movie, which I did not know, is a remake of the 1960 film 13 Ghosts by uh, William Castle. And it was directed by Steve Beck in his directorial debut. Did you guys know that this was a remake? Uh, yes. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, didn't. And Jamie, you're the one who this is like the nostalgia movie for you, yes? Well, nostalgia in the, like, this scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. So I was like, let's put it to the test. Am I still spooked out by this? Fair, fair assumption. That's the Chucky (laughs) movies for me. So totally get it. Mm. But yeah, Mm. this is a a remake uh, from a 1960s film. and But this one, 2001, it stars uh, Tony Shalhoub. M. Beth Davids, Matthew Lillard, our favorite uh, scream queen, uh, scream king, excuse me, 
favorite screen. Why I can't even say that fast. Say that fast. Scream <laughs> King. Scream King. Okay. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, Alec Roberts, Raw Digga. LOL. Shout out to her who was a rapper. <laughs> of the time and I did not know that she was in this movie but I was like why does she look familiar she is a rapper great and uh, F. Murray Abraham to round out the cast so before we get into everything that is 13 Ghosts and uh, the queen that is Raw Digga Brian do you have words (laughs) for us Uh, yeah hey everybody Uh, thanks for listening you can also find us on YouTube hi YouTube um yeah, uh, and, and you could find us wherever you uh, get social media, wherever you're doing your social media. Um, TikTok, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at TalkHorrorPod. Um, you can also find a couple of us on Letterboxd, um, uh, so check us out there. You can find that our letterbox in the uh, description below, um, but uh, check us out there. We're always watching movies. We're always doing some fun stuff. Um, we are on the road to 15K on uh, on TikTok, so only 300 away, a little bit less. Um, so definitely find us there and follow us on TikTok. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Wonderful. Well, Jamie, can you give us any trigger warnings for 13 Ghosts? Obviously, heavy spoilers because we will be talking about all 13 in a row. All ghosts. of them. <laughs> All of them. (laughs) Uh, Well, one, there are ghosts. So if you don't like ghosts, this movie is about ghosts. Yes. That's that's my first one. Just if you weren't clear enough on the title. If you weren't, this movie is about ghosts. There are 13, maybe more. I don't know. Maybe more. Uh, Um, they're also, uh, I mean, like the ghosts are really disturbing looking. Um, there's, there's some nudity in this film as well. There is some, there's a lot of blood. Um, people, some people get sliced, uh, what is this? The hot dog style? Mm. Side. Mm-hmm. Right? Or is it hamburger? <laughs> Wait, hot dog style would be would be that like long way. ways. Yeah. So ham. So hmm. Well, I don't know. No. That's a great I, question. So so, what are we talking about? <laughs> are we talking about the guy who gets crushed by the car at the beginning? Because the no. guy who gets crushed. At the I was car. talking about the guy, the lawyer that who gets, gets sliced, sliced in half, but like. On, oh, I, but I don't. I don't know if that's considered hot dog or All right, hamburger. Well, there's slicing okay. that happens uh, in the middle of your whole body, but not in the middle. Middle. This is so hard to explain to it you for is. a podcast. Yes. Um, dissected. Yes. But, dissect, okay. Dissected. Bi- no, but bisected. Like, oh, bisected. But oh, uh, maybe. Because what is it like? Anterior, like. Oh, yeah. You you know, like when they have in uh, biology class and they have the cuts and there's like specific ways that things are cut, like laterally or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. But yes. I don't remember that. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, someone gets cut. Um, uh, There's there's some stabbing. There's some scratching. Uh, there's some burns burning. Mm. Um, there's uh, young people, questionably young people in danger. Um, did I miss anything? 
Um, Who thinks d- so? Grief, like, Fire. like, like. Yeah, this oh, is grief. Yeah. grief. Like losing a loved one. <laughs> yeah. There's some of that in there. <laughs> yeah. And, and glass houses. Yes. Oh, the glass house. Is that a trigger warning? I don't know. People with glass houses shouldn't throw stones or whatever that idiom is, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. But, yes, all the trigger warnings for all of the ghosts and the glass. So the ghosts let's the glass. Uh, get into it. Well, actually, first, guys, have you watched anything new? Is anything exciting happening in your lives right now? What's going on? Um, it was Brian's I, birthday. Oh yeah, it was my just my birthday. Yes, happy belated birthday! Thank you. He's a Gemini. That's right. Yes, I think that if I'm gonna be yeah, be careful. Um, <laughs> we've just been playing Tears of the Kingdom like nonstop, the new Zelda game. We saw oh, okay. a, a theatrical show. Oh, we saw Kimberly Akimbo. How was that? It was, it was great. really good. Okay. Not scary for all you listeners. Not no. scary. Yeah. Um, but we saw that. That was great. Um, uh, oh, I watched Sisu. Mm. The, How? Uh, oh, yes. The, uh, the Finnish. Uh, it's more of an action movie with horror elements. Like, it's ultra okay. violent. So there's a ton of, like, blood and wild action sequences. Um, it was fantastic. It's easily one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's basically about this uh, World War II. Um, it takes place during World War II in Finland. There's this guy who's mining for gold. He's Finnish. And he finds it, and he runs across Nazis um, in the final days of World War II. And basically, things go south, and he's basically like bucking up Nazis the whole time. It's it's like John Wick meets like World War II like Finland. It's um, mm. it's it's great. But it's it's it actually it's trying to say something. It's really really good. I would highly suggest it to everybody. You I think you'll be seeing that in my uh in my favorite horror movies of the year. Asterix next to that one because it's not it it, it you know, like when something is like an action movie, but there's a ton of blood and gore, but like more than like it's 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 not realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like mm-hmm. over the top. Um, that's kind of what you get there. So it has horror elements to it. OK. Speaking of things with horror elements that I still need to watch. Um, and I think I'm just thinking about this because you guys were talking about watching The Flash before we started recording. But I still want to need to watch. The Doctor Strange with Wanda, mm. Uh, mm. Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch, just fucking everything up. So I really want to see that because everyone has told me it's it has a lot of horror elements and that I would enjoy it just for that. But I'm so, so behind in the Marvel world. It's crazy. <laughs> but you are going to appreciate that movie way more now that we have watched all of the Evil Dead movies. Really? Okay. Because he, dir- Sam Raimi directed it. Oh, that's right. We did talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, definitely. That'll yeah. be on on my on my list of things. There's just so much. There's so much TV. I just, I finished watching Queen Charlotte, and had a good cry mm. like the rest of the world. Uh, but and something that's also not horror movie related, but I want to share with you guys because it was fun to me. I found this Boy Meets World podcast. 
<laughs> called oh. Bora Meets World. And uh, because we have, I drive the tour, so there was like a 14-hour drive from Appleton, Wisconsin to where we are right now to Oklahoma City. And I had found them on TikTok and I was like, oh, it's just these two black men that just go through each episode of Boy Meets World and just talks about it and see if there are things that like hold up, um, you know, in the now times and just like share their, their love of it. And I love Boy Meets World. So I literally have been like listening to that podcast the whole 14 hour drive. <laughs> you know that uh, Will Friedle, Ryder Strong and um, Daniel Fitzel Danielle. do their own watch through as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've listened to a couple of their episodes, too. It's just also fun as a fan, just listening mm. to other fans talk I, I about. I totally agree. You know? It's a totally different experience. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. And they do, like, a Feeny lesson afterwards. And uh, this is my promotion <laughs> for or this, um, for Brummy as well. You guys listen to that if you're into, into that. Um, but it was fun times. Okay, anything else, guys, before we start this fabulous film with a capital F? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Grant, well, we need a two-minute plot summary of this. What's the plot? (laughs) Anyone want to volunteer their time and efforts? I'll do it. I'll do it because I didn't understand it while I was watching it and had to read it a little bit. (laughs) You know what, Brian? I would say the same thing because I was trying to refresh my memory. And so I read the Wikipedia plot and there were some things where I was like, oh, I didn't get that impression at all. I didn't realize that that's what was happening. So I'm very yeah. excited for yeah, your Yeah, we debriefed summary. it a bit. We had to because I was like, I don't understand. I didn't understand. I didn't understand what the 13th ghost was or how it worked. And because mm. I, I don't think that they do a good job. We'll get into our likes and grabs, but let, let's, yes, do, yes. Uh, let's do this for sure. Okay. All right. So, Producer Brian, I am going to time you for two minutes so you can give us your best summary of what happened in. Uh, I actually think this movie is called the right thir, <laughs> and then thir, thir thirteen in yes. ghosts. We yeah, that's, it. that's its actual name. I'm Remind me to sure. come back to that after we do this. Okay. Great. <laughs> All right. In the memory. All break. right. <clears throat> Ready, set, go. So you have Tony Shalhoub, um, who it, let me let me let me start from the very beginning. A very good place to start. Um, essentially, what we find out is that F. Murray Abraham um, and uh, Matthew Lillard are hunting ghosts. They're trying to capture ghosts, and the opening sequence of this is actually really good in the junkyard. Um, but F. Murray Abraham dies, and they're trying they're they're trying to be stopped. Um, by this group who's like pro ghost or some something nuts like that. So then we find that Tony Shalhoub has lost his wife in a fire and he has two kids. These two kids do not look like children at all, or at least one of them does. Um, <laughs> and so uh, what they're they're really they're doing poorly economically. He's really depressed. He's like an empty shell of himself. Some might say like a ghost. And um, he is. Um, uh, he all of a sudden inherits the house that F. Murray Abraham owns because he's his uncle. And so they're given the house. And then what they find in the house, when they go, this house is wild, but it's just there to hold ghosts. And they accidentally unleash the ghosts. 
lots and lots and lots of crazy stuff happens, deaths and stuff like that. They also have a um, nanny who I don't know how they pay because they're economically unstable. <laughs> um, and so anyway, long story short, one of the ghosts is the wife. And what F. Mary Abraham was trying to do was to try unleash basically hell onto Earth by doing 12 ghosts and Tony Shalhoub was going to be the 13th ghost to he was set up and F. Murray Abraham comes back at the end they need the 13th ghost to keep the portal open F. Murray Abraham was there we find out that he was actually working with one of those like pro ghost people at the beginning um, and then uh, math saves the day uh, Tony Shalhoub jumps at like the right time because he's a math teacher and math saves the day and then um <laughs> And it ends with a sassy quote from uh, from the housekeeper because that's an early 2000s movie. It is an early 2000s. There's so many things. Great. Great job, producer Ryan. <laughs> um, the one thing I miss is that Matthew Lillard can see the ghosts or can feel the mm. ghosts. And mm -hmm. uh, to see the ghosts, you need to be wearing super cool glasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the plot. Well, I will mm -hmm. say what, whatever you said about the the woman at the beginning who was like pro ghosts or like, you know, <laughs> but I will say that at the very beginning, I thought to myself, she is what I have said is a paranormal activist. That is her definition. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she... <laughs> At the beginning, it's like oh, they are man. trying to save the ghosts, and that is the definition mm -hmm. of paranormal yeah. activists. Wow! So, I'm, mm -hmm. yeah, bringing it you, back. You said that. You said that in like our second episode, and we finally <laughs> yes. found our uh, paranormal, paranormal activists. Activists, yes. Um, but did you know? <laughs> once again, we're covering covering another movie with Miss Honey in it. Mm. Oh my gosh! Why do I never <laughs> recognize her outside of the movie? I literally okay, that's wonderful. My mind is blown again because I didn't even think twice. I was like, oh yeah, she's just a familiar face from the early two thousands. It's like, oh, I know I've probably seen her in something else, but I didn't even think. Ugh, Miss Honey, yeah, love Medieval it. Dead, Medieval Dead. She just. <laughs> Killing the game. Banger after banger after banger, that woman. Love it. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. So let's get into our first segment of likes and gripes because I do want to talk about um, the what we thought the movie was, things that we found out after the debrief. And then, Brian, do you want to wait until your likes and gripes talk about the title yeah. and how it's spelled? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that during my... I'll go last. It's fine. Okay. And now our likes and gripes. Uh, well, then, Jamie, since this is a movie that you have grown up with, let's start with you with your likes and gripes, and then you can talk about how um, the ghost felt and looked to you as an adult now. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I definitely did not see this in theaters because this came out in 2001, and I was still a spooky little bitch and terrified of the spookery. Um, spooky little bitch. So I, spooky this little movie bitch. would, <laughs> this movie would come up on TV and because I am a masochist, I would like watch the parts on TV and then it would give me nightmares. Um, so Love I've it. probably seen this movie on TV like a dozen times. This mm. is like always on TNT or something like that. And I would tune Fair. in and watch it. 
Um, so it definitely got a lot of play on TV. Um, uh, this movie just, it really scared me. The design of the ghosts, which I think is, continues to be one of my main likes to this day is I think a lot of them are like pretty interesting. They're also like, there's an element of them being super dated, like the, the unnecessary naked woman or the weird, like adult baby with the mom. Um, like I don't get that. (laughs) I don't don't get that as a, as a trope, um, in horror movies, but like, sure. Um, so, but either way, like the, now we should have done like a run through of who all the ghosts are. Um, the, oh, I'll look it oh, up. Producer no. Brian's Wikipedia on it. has it. it. <laughs> no, Wikipedia has the whole list for me. All right. So the withered okay. lover, who's the wife, um, it did scare me because, uh, like the fire injuries really scared me as a kid. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the hammer, the jackal. And the juggernaut all scared me as a kid. The jackal really scared me. I'm the juggernaut, um, spooky little bitch. <laughs> Can't. Right. Cannot. Uh, let, me, let me go through all 12 of them. Okay. Um, and you tell me if they were scary to you, everybody. Okay. Okay. So the, one, the first is the firstborn son. That's the kid with the arrow in his head. Yeah, not no. scary. Mm-mm. Okay. Two is the torso, um, who was the uh, the ma- mafia cut him to pieces, so he was just like his his Read this whole description because how do they even get this description? It's not in the movie. Oh yeah, all of the descriptions on the Wikipedia page for the twelve ghosts give so much much more interesting backstory than the movie had yes. on these ghosts. Well, because. No, it says that it's described in, quote, the ghost files, which is a special feature on the DVD with Cyrus narrating the ghosts. Oh, cool. So can you, you should read, go back and start from the beginning and read all of them. So in the, uh, going back to plot for a second, in the movie, (laughs) uh, you had to get each one of these kind of ghosts um, to because the house is a machine, and it turns out that the house is actually a machine where it creates like you're bringing the the dead back to life, hell on earth, and you need yeah. these twelve specific type of ghosts to do it. And then there's a thirteenth ghost that kind of like opens it, keeps it open in perpetuity or something. I don't understand, but <laughs> so here they are. The first son, Billy Michaels, was a young boy who loved pretending to be a cowboy. One day, another little kid challenged Billy to a duel, but Billy's cap gun was no match for the boy's real steel-tipped arrow that Billy's ghost still carries. Unlike most of the ghosts, this one is a mild threat, never attacking anyone and just saying, I want to play. Wow. (coughs) Okay. I, I wish the movie had gone more into, like, him touching those ghosts and, like, actually seeing their background. Like, this is interesting. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie said, the best part of this movie is probably the ghost design. Yeah. Absolutely. I hands um, down agree. Still okay, not so scary. We, a little sad story, but yeah. Yeah. he's not scary. 
All right, next is the torso. Jimmy the Gambler Gambino was a gambler in the early 1900s who caught the attention of the mafia. After he lost a boxing bet and didn't have the money to pay up, the mafia cut him into pieces and wrapped him in cellophane, dumping the remains in the ocean. His ghost appears as a torso with a severed head nearby and is more a neutral spirit than actively hostile. Well, yeah, he's cut into pieces. He can't hurt yeah. nobody. <laughs> you know what they say? Nice, yeah. Cut my life into pieces. This is my I last hate resort. It. <laughs> I hate uh, it. Boo. All right. Next, we have the bound woman. Susan Legros was the richest girl in town and was very popular. Her one flaw was the way she toyed with boys and men. During her senior prom night, she was killed by a jilted ex named Chet Walters, a star quarterback, by catching her cheating with another guy. Her ghost lures Bobby into the dangerous basement and still shows in her in her prom attire, bound ropes holding her arms. I didn't even realize she was wearing prom attire. Exactly. Also, I thought that she was hung. That's what it looked like. Mm. I've yes, always thought that she was that. hung. Because all you see is just like her appearing and then she just jiggles her body and she's like, <laughs> As if, if she <laughs> was Every hung. Time she shows up. Yes. <laughs> or electrocuted. I don't even know. <laughs> but um, not. I think I, I think I thought that she was a little scary, but I also didn't know that this is what it really was. So I feel like even by mm. finding out the information, it's it's making it less scary. Listen, yes. all I know is that I want the 12 Ghosts Funko Pop set of 13 Ghosts. <gasps> oh, that'd be nice. Yes. Mm. Um, Agreed. Okay. Next up is The Withered Lover. This is uh, Jean, who was the happy and devoted wife and mother. Mm -hmm. She died as a result of fires at St. Luke's Hospital half a year before the events of the film. Unlike most of the ghosts, she is not dangerous. She's benevolent. Um, This is Tony Shalhoub's wife and the kid's uh, parent. But you said fire scared you, Jamie, like fire burns? Yeah, that scared me when I was a kid. Even though she's the nice ghost, she still, like, freaked me out looking at her. Sure. The makeup was great. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next is the Torn Prince. Royce Clayton was a gifted and famous teenage baseball player in the 1950s who caught the eye of colleges around the USA. He died in a drag race thanks to his challenger, <laughs> a greaser who cut his brake lines. He's, his remains oh. are still buried at the baseball diamond. His ghost carries his baseball bat. That's such a... You died by racing, but you're a baseball player, and that's your okay. That's right? Interesting. There's too up. much. There's too much yeah. going on. Too, yeah. too many details. Pick, pick uh, one. Just I don't be a think. Greaser. I didn't think he was scary. No. Yeah. I don't think um, I remember him. But next up, and he, the torn prince. That also doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, the angry princess. Dana Newman was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in the late 20th century. She had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived flaws, and after a botched experiment that mutilated her eye, she brutally killed herself in the bathtub at the clinic. Her ghost is bloody, naked, and carries the same knife she used to commit suicide. What? So, I definitely (sighs) knew... I I was... Like ninety five percent sure that she commits suicide, um, yeah, because of the scene where the daughter is in the bathroom and mm-hmm. she's also in the bathroom with her, and when they like flip back to the blood mode, it says like I'm sorry, 
Um, so mm. that's my understanding of okay. that, but it was not confirmed. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that you know. made sense. It's the I thing because <laughs> then I didn't really see anything happening like with her eye that anyway. Yeah. yeah. I feel like all of these, these ghosts. Also have, she's naked. So like they're trying to get you to like, look at her naked. They're filming. This is like so early two thousands where it's yes. like the gratuitous n- nudity. Like no one's looking at her eye to see if it right. was brutally botched. <laughs> yeah, like uh, when the my favorite quote of this whole movie is when the lawyer comes in to, and he sees the ghost and he's like, "Nice tits to the ghost." Oh, yeah. oh god, <laughs> hate it. Uh, we'll we'll get into all that. All right, yes. next the pilgrimists. Uh, Isabella Smith came to North America. Well, North America. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Isabella Smith came to North America as a colonial. As a colonist, in order to find a new life after being an orphan in England, the tight-knit community <laughs> ostracized and ignored her and used her as a scapegoat, being accused of witchcraft when crops and animals mysteriously died. She denied such accusations, but she was trapped in a burning barn, but managed to escape unharmed. That sealed her fate, and she died of starvation after being condemned to the pillory that she carried with her as a ghost. Her skin is badly damaged. that's Uh, so much that's so much i also don't remember her no not at all All next one next one is the great child harold shelburne was a mentally disabled man who never outgrew diapers and had to be spoon fed even as a fully grown adult He often made baby sounds after being mocked, teased and tormented relentlessly all his life, all his life. He caused a massacre at the old freak show where he and his mother, Margaret Shelburne, lived. Some of the freaks he had kidnapped and killed his mother as a joke one night. The circus owner, Jimbo, had Harold mutilated beyond recognition. His ghost appears as Harold did in life with a small patch of hair a bib covered in vomit and clo- and cloth diapers. He still holds the axe that he used to kill his enemies. That is so fucking absurd. It absurd. Absurd was what I was thinking. Doesn't yes. need to exist. It Why doesn't. is this a thing? So that's so fucked up. Why would that they really include is. any? Why even? At, oh my god! I can't. That's wild. I mean, right. being in the circus. Okay, get it. Like, maybe in that time period, but that's the only thing. Like, killing your enemies and all that. I, I don't know. That's, that's oh, crazy. Uh, nope. Shut it yeah. down. So next, no next is the dire mother, the Harold's mother. Uh, yeah. Margaret was a shy little lady standing three feet tall. She could never stand up for herself. At the freak show where she lived, she was... No. Oh my God. She was sexually assaulted by the tall man, another circus freak, and gave birth to her illegitimate son, Harold, who she loved more than life itself. I can't believe I'm reading this. Who who came up with this? Why would you add? Oh, my God. Why would you add this? You don't need any of this. This doesn't need to be here. This next sentence is actually the craziest sentence of all the sentences I've previously read. She smothered and spoiled him from infancy and never stopped as he grew. This was the main reason for Harold's mental handicap. (laughs) What? Oh, wow. This. 
I know oh this God, is like okay. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Truly. Oh my God. Uh, who 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 is the writer on this? Because right. like, are you <laughs> this well? This is absurd. Not well at all. The two were abused to the point where Harold killed almost the entire circus after Margaret was killed. As ghosts, they remained together, with Harold being protective. Like the torso, uh, Margaret is not aggressive and is more of a neutral spirit. This is nuts. All right. Nuts. Three more. Three more. No words. That one, that one is deeply upsetting and makes me yes. just, yeah. The hammer. A happy and honest family man and blacksmith, George Malarkey, M- Markley, <laughs> Malarkey, Markley was falsely <laughs> Malarkey was <laughs> George Malarkey was falsely accused of stealing by a higher up named Nathan, and a higher up like the owner of the blacksmithery, and threatened with exile from their old western town. George refused to leave, and his family was lynched by Nathan and his band of thugs. And his band of thugs while walking. Oh, Nathan. Nathan's the higher up. Um, it made him sound like a bandit, but no, he's a higher up. While walking home from the town market one day, seeking justice in the corrupt town, George took his blacksmith's hammer and killed those responsible. Um, but the townsfolk chained him to a tree and drove railroad spikes into his body. His left Jesus. hand was cut off and his hammer was cruel crudely attached to it his ghost is now one of the more angry spirits and is partially responsible for dennis's death <coughs> um dennis for those listening dennis was the matthew lillard character all right uh did we find the hammer scary uh i i think i did as a kid but mostly because he's in a lot of jump scares yes he's in like the first that. jump scare with matthew lillard um mm-hmm. And just, like, it's a lot of, like, people not seeing him and then people seeing him, but he's, like, actively mm, moving. Sure. So I think I found the jump scare scary. Okay. Wow. <coughs> the jackal. This next one already looks worse. Born to a prostitute in 1887, Ryan Kuhn developed a sick appetite for women, attacking and sexually assaulting strays and prostitutes in the night. He voluntarily Why? went to... Borehamwood Institute for treatment to cure this problem, but the medical practices made him much worse, causing him to go completely insane after years of solitary confinement, having his head locked in a cage after breaking out of his straitjacket and developing a hatred of humanity. When the asylum burst into flames, he chose to stay behind and perish in the fire. His ghost carries his torn straitjacket with a torn cubic head cage. Um, it is called a sign of hell's winter. He's one of the more aggressive and violent ghosts, attacking and nearly killing Kathy before Kalina saves her. Like, why? I just I also, don't understand. Like, you can just... I, I always thought that it was just people dying violently, and, like, that's what... But, like, they, you don't have to give them these, like, awful backstories, I was like, oh, like they're awful people, and here's how they don't know. Or any any of this. Like this is totally yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I take it back. I wanted none of this to be in the movie. I'm glad it wasn't. Um, yeah. But I also thought the jackal was a woman. Uh, that's literally I what I was too. about to say. I did. I thought revolution? that it was a woman. This is my revelation. Yes. <laughs> um, and then finally, we have it's the juggernaut, spooky little bitch. Um, 
<laughs> Horace Breaker Mahoney was born very disfigured and was an outcast his entire life. His mother abandoned him at a tender age, and his dad put him to work in the junkyard, using his unusual strength to crush cars. After his dad died, Horace went insane. He would take motorists and hitchhikers, tear them apart with his bare hands, and feed the remains to his dogs. After several of these murders where he was arrested, a SWAT team shot and killed him when he broke free of his handcuffs. As a ghost, he remained at the junkyard with his body riddled with bullet holes, killing intruders. Both Dennis and Cyrus remarked that his kill count numbered in the 40s, making his ghost one of the mm-hmm. most evil and dangerous of the 12. And that is the 12 of 13 ghosts. I mean... Woof. Big woof, big yikes for all of that. That's so much unnecessary, unnecessarily gruesome and cruel Mm -hmm. like information. Yeah, that is is not is not needed. And the fact that in the plot, so they he had to go after these specific ghosts in Mm -hmm. order for like this whole thing to work. That was the vibe. It didn't have to be these specific ghosts, but I think it had to, um, the ghosts that he found had to represent the type of the 12 ghosts. So he probably did his research and because like, how was he supposed to know that the, you know, was it the, um, uh, the withered lover was going to be his, like his, his, his niece in law. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh-huh. I mm-hmm. assume that like by using Matthew Lillard, he was able to like see what the ghost's backstory and what type of ghost it was. That that's what I got from it. Okay. <clears throat> sure. Gotcha. I'm with you now. Great. All right, well, Jamie, Jamie. Back do to you your likes and continue? Greg's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does um, everything change uh, now? <laughs> yeah. I mean now my perception of this movie is like ew. Just a big like ugh. I now I'm <laughs> I mean, not that I was like, yeah, best movie ever. Like, yeah, I know what this movie is. It's not, like, I can admit this isn't a great movie. But, uh, again, like, I have a lot of that, like, nostalgia where, like, it really freaked me out. But now I'm just, now it puts a really bad taste in my mouth. So mm. that's a bummer. Um, the, let's see, what are some of the notes that I have? <laughs> um, one of the, I definitely wrote a few of the quotes. Um She's being a real slut about it. I prefer the term bitch. Uh, mm. Not cute. That kid's <laughs> hair was uh, really spiky. Um, so 2000s. Uh, oh, there was... When they first get the video of, like, the uncle, and he's, like, telling them about what the like what they're getting. Yeah. yeah. Um, the video... <laughs> there's this point where the video cuts out and then comes back as if... As if they were having a, a back and forth conversation, which I thought was so fucking funny because <laughs> yes. it's a video. It's a video. I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. Um, mm. My next note is Shannon Elizabeth is so old. This, this is so not believable. I don't know why they cast her in that role. That was right. that just such a bad move. Yeah. When she like, was dancing, I, when she was playing with her little brother in the yard, I thought she was the mom. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's not she's not old, but like she's just not a teenager and it's just right. very distracting and like really takes you out of it. Especially cuz like I know who she is and like I don't remember this versus uh like if I look up like American Pie. American Pie was like um, 99. 
So it was like mm. two years before. Like, yeah. I know that she is, yeah, 99. Like, she's not a teenager. It's just like, it. that was very weird casting. Um, I clocked the the Razor Scooter. Um, you know, yes. shout out to scooters in the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> Love them. Uh, oh, <laughs> the line from the lawyer, he goes, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. And then gives this, I literally wrote, smirkiest smirk I have ever seen. He might as well have been like, your uncle was quite a collector of many things. <laughs> like winking uh, for like an hour. Like, oh my yes. God. Um, a huge gripe I had when Matthew Lillard reveals himself to be like the ghost hunter guy and he's mm-hmm. trying to explain what the situation is. Why wouldn't you start the conversation by saying the fucking word ghost? He's like, they're apparitions. They're uh, they're like spirits. Yeah. They're, he, he uses like 20 synonyms instead of the word ghosts. But then it leads to my favorite line in the movie, which is Tony Shalhoub responding with goats. Oh my god! Where I like I, that that that's like the best part of this whole movie. That whole yes. conversation um, is like literally the definition of an early two thousands movie. Like yeah, it's like ugh, it was. It was say what you it's mean. So ridiculous. Yeah, yes. just say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that he says goats. Um, <laughs> another note I have is that I don't like it when people get cut in half. Again, we don't. We can't decide hot dog, hamburger, bisecting, whatever. But. Because it also reminds me of, uh, I think something similar happens in like Resident Evil with the lasers. Yeah, uh-huh. um, where people get cut in half like yeah. that too. I I never like that mm-hmm. stuff. Always like made me creeped out and squeamish in in horror movies. Um, another gripe I have is this fake teenager Shannon Elizabeth is really mm-hmm. obsessed with all of the bathrooms in this house. I don't know any teen that's like as obsessed with bathrooms. Like, unless yes. you are Mm-mm. a full-grown adult person who's like, oh, so much space, the tub. Like, no one cares. No one cares unless they're, like, a mom who's, like, renovating a home. And I'll one-up you on that one. I did not believe that these kids would be excited to live in this house. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty weird. Yeah. It's, like, a pretty strange house. Like, also, if there's glass everywhere, like, is there privacy? Right? I, it wasn't really clear if you could see people through the glass walls, like how do you sleep? How do you go to the bathroom? Um, right. I also have a note that uh, she, like the babysitter is a pretty bad babysitter when Tony Shalhoub's like, where's my son? And she's like, Oh, he's just, he's so fast. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up. Meanwhile, again, as I just said, this house is glass. Can you not see through the walls to like at least see where he was going? Um, Yeah. I also clocked her line, uh, did the lawyer split? Um, oh, such a good line. So, I got that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> throw up, throw up. Yes. Um, I also don't remember when this happened, but one of the quotes I wrote down is, why? Why in God's name? Why? I don't know who said that. I'm assuming Tony Shalhoub, but I thought it was really funny. Um, yes. And I think maybe my... One of my biggest gripes at the end is when the the babysitter is, like, breaking the whole machine thing. And mm-hmm. then randomly she starts, like, remixing the music. And I was like, this is too 2000s for me. I shut it all down. I hated that moment shut so much. Down. It was so cringy. Shut it down. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. I hated that. Um, Hate it. Yeah, this movie is um, – it's not a great movie, 
Um, but it's a movie with a capital M and I, and I do think that the ghosts are, they do stand out. Um, but the story itself is super weak. Uh, and, uh, you know, shout out to Matthew Lillard, who I think is actually really selling his performance in this movie. Yeah. I mean, we love Matthew Lillard. I, I agree. And I'll piggyback on that because he was, First, I didn't understand what his journey was. Like, why was he there in the first place in the house? But mm. as far as all of the characters in general, I stuck with him the most. Um, and yeah, it was. But I, I have questions just about the movie and where it was going and things I just didn't understand. So first off, and this is probably just your opinion of it, but at the beginning, they put blood out to attract the ghost. And I've <laughs> never seen that in a horror movie at all. Like, why would blood attract ghosts? That's a, good a random question. question. It's not a shark. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, why would the need for blood? Anyway, so that was questionable for me. Um, already talked about paranormal activists. I was very proud of myself for that one. Um, and the things that I did like the, the flashes between seeing the ghost and not seeing the ghost, uh, in the opening scene mm-hmm. when what is a juggernaut was like killing people. Um, I enjoyed that. Also what we briefly talked about in trying to figure out the slicing of people, but the guy that got sucked up into the car, that was a really great kill in the opening scene. Mm. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Also agree with you, Brian, when you were talking about how can they afford a nanny? Because I literally said, if they're tight for money, how can they afford to hire help? A live-in nanny. Like a nanny in general is expensive. Daycare in general is expensive. And you have a live-in nanny. But I don't know. Hopefully she um, did a whole bunch of freestyle verses for them and made them happy. Uh, (laughs) So also, oh, oh, yeah. I was just questioning like how – do you see, like, I guess Matthew Leonard's, l- 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 wow, I can't talk, Lillard's character, like, touching, and then he can see the people's lives, um, ghosts and non-ghosts, because he touched what uh, Tony's character and then saw, like, what happened with his wife. So I just thought it was interesting that he could, like, touch, like, living and, like, dead things but Mm -hmm. also he would like touch the ground and still feel things so it's like yeah how does his powers work that's that's pretty intense like you remember that old skittles commercial where the old man sitting at the desk and everything he touches turns to skittles oh and he like he like he he answers the phone and it turns to skittles yes and then he hits the desk Mm -hmm. and it hits this the the, it turns to skittles and he looks at it was like i can't even hold my own grandson it (laughs) maybe that's what matthew lillard's like yeah absolutely uh yes so I agree with a lot that, that Jamie said, just, you know, in how the movie is so early 2000s, love the lawyer being sliced in half. Um, to me, it just felt like the movie, like, was it supposed to be more on a comedic tone? Because in watching it, it was like there are things that are actively hilarious in this that give me kind of like Scooby-Doo, Casper vibes of like those early <laughs> Scooby-Doo, sure. Matthew Lillard. I mean, I like that's what I felt when I watched it. But then it was very gory, and of course, I love the gore. The makeup is wonderful. I also wrote down Jamie. Did the lawyer split? And I put yikes in in capital letters because 
Absolutely not. Yikes. I did not uh, like big yikes. Um, I did not like the long flashes in the bathtub scene with Kathy and the mm. other woman that was sitting in the bathtub. It just mm-hmm. felt like mm-hmm. a very long sequence for <clears throat> no reason. Uh, mm-hmm. So that it just lasted just a little too bathrooms. long for me. She just loves bathrooms. She just want to be experiment like all the bathroom things. But I was like, can we move on from this? Like, we get it. The ghost is in the tub and Kathy's there, like, have the scare and move on. This flashing mm-hmm. between, which I also feel like is just a very early 2000s way of, of filming. But I just, it had no purpose uh, for me. And then I did not like, there was like slow motion Every five minutes, like somebody walking in slow motion or like a ghost coming in slow motion or like the machine going in slow motion. Mm-hmm. I was like, please, what? why do we have all this slow motion? It, it makes no sense. And it's not carrying the story or building up tension in any way. So I, I was not a fan of that. Um, yeah, for the twist of the lady being, you know, a part of the whole thing in general, um, who was at first in the first scene trying to like, free the ghost, but then she's in cahoots with Cyrus in general. And I was so confused. Uh, Nikisha, because I, remember, she's a paranormal activist. Yes, the paranormal <laughs> activist, who was not a paranormal <laughs> activist because she was in cahoots <laughs> yeah. with Cyrus. But then I got mm-hmm. so confused because when Cyrus comes, walks out, he still has, like, the blood, like, when, um, on, his, on his neck from, mm-hmm. like, when he died quote-unquote at the beginning of the movie so i was confused because when i read the wikipedia plot it was like cyrus faked his death the whole time and i was like well this has been like a while why would he still have that makeup like on his neck of the blood like it just all didn't make sense to me uh so i was wondering it's yeah i have the same question i the exact (laughs) same question i was like like this didn't happen a day beforehand like like exactly. he had time to shower and like whatever. And so that didn't make any sense. But Jamie <laughs> explained to me that like he was he was still in that because he wanted to like scare them as ghosts. Yeah, he just wanted okay. them to think that he was a ghost. So he Okay, okay. You okay, think okay. that he's dead in the beginning of the film, and so then when they see him again, they still think he's dead because they're only there because he's dead. Okay. But, but it's then, not it's not very clear. I only got that because yes. I saw this movie 20 times. Beautiful. I mean, I guess it makes <laughs> sense, like, because the paranormal activist lady, she actually, like, kisses him. So, like, he is physically there, you know, like, right, she can right, touch right. him and, and well, whatever, whatever. But, <clears throat> yes. But it was still just, like, a confusing moment where I was like, what is actually happening here? And also with that lady, too, you're helping Cyrus for some time, and now you draw the line at putting the kids in danger. And it's like, girl, where are your morals? Go away. I was really happy that she died because she was very annoying to me and was screaming, Mm -hmm. like, every five seconds and so aggressive at everything she was saying. You know, it's like, it's okay, girl. You can can calm it down. Just take it down just a a tad bit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think... I think that was it. Yeah, for my likes and gripes. I mean, it's, you know, it's a movie. It was a good time. I tried to watch this mm-hmm. at one point before um, we even thought about doing this on the podcast. And I got like 15, 20 minutes in and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so to come back and, and do this, it was uh, it was very interesting. But new perspectives, you know. Also would say I did like the situation was believable because... 
of course, a family would want to be in a different like housing situation than, you know, I mean, even mm. though they're like, sure. this place is too small and their old apartment and really like milking it of like, okay, guys, we know that things have changed and you're in a small <clears> spot. But, um, I thought that that was, you know, a believable concept for the family to be like, yeah, let's be in a, in a bigger house. It's ours. It's free. We don't have to pay for it. We can, we don't have to pay rent somewhere else. You know, we can use that money for mm-hmm. other things that we need mm-hmm. and maybe to actually pay raw digger the money to not look after her kids. So yeah, it was cool. Brian. Sure. Um, all of my gripes are exactly the same as you all. What I will add to it as well is all of the times in this movie where someone was like, wait, who's she? Or weren't you just in an orange jumpsuit? And they were always like, no time to explain. It's like, <laughs> I, I would need to know these things. If I was a part of like the crew, we're running to this house. Um, yes. Gripes. I hated the Dr. Phil joke. Um, when was that? Oh, I don't even remember. Somebody it. was like, thanks, Dr. Phil or something like that. And I was like, Oh my God. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, I feel like Dr. Phil is a very, is a is a very period piece way to say like like get out of like like stop asking questions or stop trying to be my therapist type of thing and like I hate mm. it so much. Um, so there's that. These rules are bonkers. I just thought the rules were very convoluted. They, they don't do an, enough of a job explaining to me like how this will actually work. Um, the twist this this whole that the the paranormal like activist turns into like this female dependence thing i hated it um mm. i also hated matthew lillard's death i think he didn't get a good enough death in this movie i think that his death was pretty lame compared to like some other really cool ones and i know maybe he had to be like yeah. in one piece so he can come back at the end um, but still, that, that I, I didn't, I didn't really dig that. Um, everything else that you said, I agree with. Um, yeah. Some of my likes. Um, I, I, it reminds me that early two thousands movies are my eighties movies. So like, I don't find mm. like I can't watch a new eight. I cannot watch an eighties movie now that I've never seen and get into it. If I didn't watch it as a kid, because you know what I mean? Because I yes. have nostalgia for eighties movies. I watched then, but I don't have a nostalgia for the style of eighties movies. I, if I like, I can't get through them now. I just can't. They're not enjoyable to me. However, I realized while watching this, I had never seen this movie. Um, mm. so this was a first time watch for me. And so it was very easy for me to watch because like some people love eighties movies. I love two thousands movies. Like we all do. It's a warm blanket for me. Um, like the cast, the music, the score, the style of performance, the high concept of the movie, like all of that is like so deliciously early two thousands. Um, also, we need more remakes like this movie. We need more remakes of stuffs that that's of movies from the 60s, 50s, whatever that aren't crazy successful IPs. Like like this is a like you know what I mean? It, like Wallace wasn't really a great remake. It, it wasn't like it was a remake of The Exorcist. It was a remake of some 60s right. movie that we don't remember anymore that unless yes. you were from that time, like we need more of those type of remakes. Um, in my personal opinion, that goes for everything. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to remake it, the opening sequence 
of the credits over the house with the tragic voices of the fire and then the transition to like the empty house with the past due notices was so delightfully early 2000s it was just so so good um yes. their son is the original podcaster he was recording himself speaking um <laughs> another <laughs> another one of my favorite things from the early 2000s the smarmy lawyer telling the ghost nice tits is truly 2000s filmmaking at its worst and best um yes. <laughs> And then everything else uh, is the same as you all. The spectral glasses were cool. The babysitter with the DJ uh, board. Um, Cyrus <laughs> doesn't change his out of his death outfit, I wrote. Matthew Bloom yeah. at one point says, there has to be a better way. I'm like, yeah, there has to be a better way. Um, but yeah, that's what I had. But the thing that I wanted to talk about is 13 Ghosts by far has the best title with numbers awkwardly substituted as letters. Mm. There is not mm-hmm. a better one. I have some other examples of movies yes. that have them. Um, okay. We have, obviously, this one's cheating-ish, Halloween H2O 20 years later. Um, you know, mm. like, mm. H2O, I only count it because it's not trying to be water. It's just trying to be, like, super cool, like, ID4, Independence Day. Halloween 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's stupid. Um, you have <laughs> another great one, Final Destination 5, but it's really 5-N-A-L Destination. Um, because not only does it, you know, it's a fifth movie, it looks like it says Anal Destination. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, you have Leprechaun back to the hood. Uh, oh, sorry, yes. back to the hood. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh, non-horror, you have Layer Cake, where the A is a four and the cake is a three. Um, mm-hmm. You also have Pokemon Forever uh, with a four in there. The movie yes. Simone, which has zeros and ones uh, to be, you know, code. You, of course, have one of the greats, Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm. I literally was thinking that all of the Fast and Furious craziness. Yeah. You have, uh, obviously, you have Lucky Number Slevin and uh, and the movie Seven. Seven's probably the yes. best movie with the fancy number in there, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely not the most original. And then you have my one of my, my second favorite, and this is kind of cheating uh, because I think there is a semicolon in it, but Step to the Streets... Excuse me, step up to the streets. Um, so it's oh, obviously movie. step up to the streets, but also it's step up to the streets. Um, step up to the streets, yes. <laughs> but 13 ghosts with the T and the E as the 13 is very clever. And uh, that's been uh, uh, movie titles with numbers awkwardly substituted for letters. Yes. Wait, okay, but even though this wasn't related, Megan, didn't Megan have a three in it? Oh, yeah. Megan had a three yeah, in it, McThregan? too. Yeah, McThregan. McThregan. Yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I did find out, too, guys, um, the different, like, cutting planes of of people. So how the... Um, oh, yes. Okay. How the doctor got, uh, sorry, how, not the doctor, how the lawyer got cut is um, a coronal plane, which is something that we would never, I'm sorry, if you can see it. I can't see see it at all. No. No. Okay, great. (laughs) But yes, so there's like transverse plane, which is like, we'll be cutting like, 
you like the torso guys. So like uh-huh. if you actually like got cut at your stomach and you're like two pieces, so like your bottom half and your top half, like that's the transverse plane. And then the um, uh, coronal plane is going down like the like the lawyer. And then the sagittal plane is going like straight down the middle like mm. – Jamie was saying. Which so you what can't. you're saying is between this and Ghost Ship, he loves cutting his people in all different, all, all of the different in planes. In all planes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. But. Great. Fantastical. So let's get into our next segment, uh, which will be interesting one. Mm, brains. Brains. Mm, taste it, So. A lot of death is obviously in this because there are lots of ghosts who we have now learned have died in crazy, ridiculous ways, who lived crazy lives. But there was uh, one scene at the very beginning after the mother passes in the fire and the kid is just kind of listing or going through all of like the deaths in like an obituary or I don't know what, but he was like keeping a record of like Mm -hmm. death. Yeah. And they make a comment on it of like, should he be doing this? Like, what's happening? So my question is, is keeping a record of death a healthy coping mechanism, especially for a kid that young? What are your thoughts, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, you know, there's some curiosity into morbidity and like trying to understand death because especially for like a younger kid, I think conceptualizing death is pretty challenging so perhaps this is his way of like understanding and dealing with the loss of his mom in a way that like he can handle Mm -hmm. um maybe it makes the adults more uncomfortable because like as adults we can handle death probably less because we have like more of a conceptual understanding of death um and i think it freaks us out more um And, like, you know, there's cultural things and all kinds of reasons and stuff. Um, So I don't think that it's necessarily, like, bad. um, But perhaps, you know, hopefully he's also speaking with a therapist to process his grief in a healthy way. And maybe his, like, preoccupation with talking about and learning about death. Yeah. Well, in that same vein... How would you think is a is a better or best way to introduce the concept of death to a child who might lose somebody that's close to them or their immediate family or their parents? Oh, that's harder. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I mean, I think like the the challenge is just like trying to figure out exactly that. Like, how do you explain this concept to a young person who like doesn't yet comprehend it at the same level based on like our age? Um, Mm -hmm. because like some, some young people, some kids are exposed to death at earlier ages, whether it's like family members or pets and like trying to explain that concept can be really challenging. Um, yeah. I, and I also am speaking as like a person who like doesn't have children. So Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to like put myself in those shoes to say like, this is how I would speak to my child. But I imagine that I would speak to a child, my own child, not a stranger's child, 
um, yes. <laughs> in a way where I'm, you know, like trying to be as grounded about like, they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and like the way that that looks for different people, they might incorporate like faith and religion into that conversation as well. Uh, yeah. Um, if that's like aligned with, you know, their, their beliefs, um, that can be a helpful way for some folks. Um, but for other folks, like just kind of talking about like, they're not here anymore and like, it's understandable to be sad and like we can talk about it. Um, and it might be really confusing and hard to get used to that. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think like that's, that's, that's my, like my own personal feelings of like how I would probably want to communicate that. But I don't know. Like what about, what about you all? Like, I mean, how do you feel like you would? Yeah. And you talking about that. I mean, none of us have kids on this podcast. Um, but there's like a book for everything now. And I feel Mm. like there's gotta be some like book about death or whatever that is in a children's format. That would be a good kind of thing to have. Like someone has already did the work to be like, here is a way to explain, you know, life after or whatever they call it, whether it is like you said, Jamie, faith based or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is some resources out there um, that you could find that would be a good uh, way to explain explain that to kids. That's already in the mm-hmm. format of, of explaining it to a child. What about you, Brian? I also imagine that conversation being very different if it's a personal death, like someone close like the kid's yes. mother or or if the kid is asking about like Cedric Diggory, you know what I mean? Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, but like you know like how do you explain or or not even that like finding Nemo. Like when 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 a mm-hmm. when a children's cartoon or whatnot or something up. Like how do you explain that and it's probably a mm-hmm. it's probably a very different conversation to explain like well she's with the different she's she's no longer there. Explaining death is probably very different than when it's very personal. Um, in real mm-hmm. life and, and like, and, and you can actually have the experience of them being there and not there anymore, um, versus a movie or a TV show where you just, or a book where you flip back a few pages and they still exist there. Um, you know, you rewind 10 minutes and they still exist. So I imagine those mm-hmm. being very different conversations. And if you've explained death through, a Disney movie, Bambi or whatever it is, it's you're probably gonna have to have a very different conversation when like a grandparent dies, or you know if someone you know more you know if if a if a parent dies or you know uh, uh, something like that. There are also a lot of very cool and interesting um, <clears throat> charities uh, and groups um, that uh, that specialize in uh, helping children uh, with. Uh, grief connect um you know parents who have passed away when the children are young or best friends you know other kid friends who have passed away um i know there's one that like hosts camps um where you can go as a kid and just like you know be able to like be open about like the grief while still like playing soccer and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i know there's lots of uh um different um groups like that uh that, that do that anyway um that, that just wanted yeah, to add I something know that. there Nice. Well, that's all I have for mm, brains. Uh, mm. And I don't think we ever really talked about like child 
and death, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about grief, you know, but just a matter mm-hmm. of sure. um, introducing it in a child format. It's very informative to have this conversation. Uh, great. So should we move on to Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Uh, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, it's got to be real, real duty. <laughs> 48. Mm. I'm going to go. Like I'm going to go. 23. 18. Wow. <laughs> what? Oof. The production design. Wow. Desi- the production design is first rate, but 13 ghosts is distinctly lacking in scares. Is that the lowest we've ever covered? No. Do you know, by chance? We, I think we... I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I think we've covered lower. Hmm. Possibly. Okay. 18. <laughs> wow. The audience I score mean, is still a 49%, which isn't great, obviously. Um, yeah. That's close. Uh, yeah, let's get into uh, uh, our four S's. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right, we have skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Um, we're going to rate those. Um, the skulls, sh- scares, and shakes are one through ten. Suggestions will pop in a suggestion, what you would you know pair this with. Uh, Jamie, let's start with you. What are your skulls, uh, mental health, scares, how scary was it, and shakes? Will it stay with you? Yeah, so for Skulls, I'm going to give this a three because everybody's pretty darn dumb in this <laughs> film. Um, like the only people that are people in are the ghosts because they're <laughs> evil ghosts and they're trying they're to evil get ghosts. The, <laughs> they're yeah. just trying to do their job as evil ghosts. Yep. Um, as we the learned, they the have a lot humans, of trauma. They do. They need a ghost yes. therapist. Um, a ghost. But, uh, Dr. Phil? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a great portrayal of, uh, human behavior in this film. Um, Mm -hmm. for scares, I'm going to give it a three because again, like I really like the ghost designs and my, the nostalgia frightened part of me wants it to go higher, but like, I can't, that's not, that's not a reasonable, I can't do more than a three. So three feels good. Um, for shakes, I'm going to give this a six because I've seen this movie so many times and like it really will stick with me. Maybe more so for worse reasons because of reading the description of all of those ghosts. <laughs> Absolutely. Nikisha? I uh, gave originally <laughs> four for Skulls, but I'm going to uh, go with Jamie and do three for Skulls. And Scares is a one for me, but I appreciate the makeup. I think that's the best mm. part of this movie. And Shakes is a two, uh, which I don't know why I gave it a two, but now after reading that <laughs> description, I was like, okay, I'm going to remember the craziness that were the description of these ghosts. <laughs> so, two. Sure. Um, skulls, I gave it a one. Scares, I gave it a one. And Shakes, <laughs> I'm giving it a four um, uh, uh, for many different reasons. But, like, the cast, the early 2000s movie, the, the costumes, the design, the effects... But yeah, that I'll just go with that. Um, but uh, <laughs> suggestions from the group. 
Jamie? Uh, I mean, you you have to pair this with Steve Beck's other fantastic film, Ghost Ship. There you go. <laughs> that's actually that's actually the perfect answer. It it really no is. No more answers. Because <laughs> again, very similar in terms of like there's some production design that's really great, which I think is actually his forte. Um, yes. Steve Beck has also done visual effects. He was the visual effects art director for The Hunt for Red October and the effects art mm. director, oh yeah, for uh, The Abyss and Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Like, this is this is the area that, like, I feel good about seeing the effects. And then he pivoted and... Um, you know, he made he made some films. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it just as far as early 2000s go, like I said before, it gave me Scooby-Doo vibes. And maybe it is just Matthew uh, mm. Lillard. Mm. But that, and then I also, like, thought about Casper. Like, if you want just ghosts. But they're friendly ghosts. So, um, and... And then I put, like, Ghostbusters. I don't know. It's just, like, all the ghosts. <laughs> ghosts all the time. Henry Sixth ghost. Sense, if you want an actually good ghost <laughs> movie. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what about you, Brian? I'm, I'm going with an early-ish 2000s uh, movie um, that also has a terrible, terrible, terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, it's actually <laughs> from 98. Um, I still know what you did last summer. Um, with Brandy. With Brandy. With Brandy. Uh, yeah, this movie is not good, just like this one. But the nostalgia is there. <laughs> if that, you know, it, it, so I'm, I'm gonna go with that. That truly is like I. I feel like at one point both of those are on streaming services, and I watched them again and thought to myself, "Wow, this is terrible." <laughs> but I only watch it because of the nostalgia, <clears throat> yeah. and because it's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, girl. Hey, Brandy. And you know, love to see you." But, yeah, <laughs> it's just so crazy how that can be such a big factor in us still appreciating a movie. But then, mm-hmm. like, Brian and I watching this for the first time and thinking, like, what is happening here? But, yeah, I don't know. It's The fact that I could still thoroughly enjoy it, never checked my watch, just because, like, like I said earlier, it feels like a warm blanket. Like, it just feels very comforting and comfortable to me. But I still recognize that, like, it's a garbage fire of a film. But, like, like, I'm not going to, because I'm watching it for the first time at this age, like, I'm not going to go back to that movie anytime soon. But, like... Sure. But um, I still enjoyed watching it for those hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like... Because, mm-hmm. like, especially as a new movie, because, like, it just, yeah, I get to experience, this movie gave me the gift of experiencing that type of a movie for the first time that I would have seen then. And I know how, like, I know how, like, 15-year-old Brian would have reacted to that as opposed, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and like, would have, like, really dug the character designs and, like, probably would have latched onto it the same way that Jamie did for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grand. <laughs> All right. Well, that ends our episode of uh, 13, 13 thinks, thinks, inks, ghosts. Um, <laughs> How many ghosts? 
ints, ints, ghosts, <laughs> so many. Uh, you can follow us on all of the social medias at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D, on the Instagram, on the TikTok, Couples Get to 15K followers, guys. We're so close. And uh, Brian, where can they follow? Oh, sorry, where can they listen to us? Yeah, you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. So Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to please rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank you. Thank you. Ghost. Grant, do you have any <laughs> quotes besides the, um, what did you say, Jamie? Scary bitch something? Spooky, uh, scary little, little spooky little bitch. Spooky little bitch. S- spooky little bitch. Spooky We're all spooky little bitches little bitch. here <laughs> on the talk or pods. These are my glasses to see the ghosts, guys. So no, Nikki, <laughs> uh, I think you mean goats. Goats. The goats. <laughs> goats. Great. Goats. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.